everyone, welcome to the Now Whatever the Wrestling Podcast, episode no 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 nineteen. I am your host for Doctor Among Men, Duncan Joyce, and I'm joined once again by the hardest working Triple H Mark in show business, Mr. Kyle Canberry. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well, thanks Kyle. Yeah, how are you? Good, I'm good. Busy this week. I've finally been able to get Jay-Z and Beyonce tickets this morning. Oh, good stuff. At the Etihad, so that should be should be fun. Tomorrow I'm going into our old high school, taking my learners in there to do a theatre and education tour to the year nines, so that should be fun. Hopefully I'll see some old teachers that we had. I don't think everyone's left, I think there are a few there. And then I'm watching 30 Seconds to Mars on Saturday. Alright. And yeah, just to apologise on Twitter that there will be a bit of a Gerard Leto love fest towards the end of the week. <laughs> Other than that, I'm, I'm all good. How about you? Smashing stuff, yeah. I've had quite a busy week as well. I was at the Starburst Media City Festival over the weekend. Nice. To see some free films. Yeah. It's this crazy old film where Don Johnson talks with a dog telepathically in the apocalypse and finds women. Wow. <laughs> it was okay. really out there. It was a really, really cool conversation with one of the directors of one of the films about like censorship and stuff. Yeah. And just running like an independent film. Full stop, basically. Yeah. The Saturday I saw this film called The Greasy Strangler. It's just nice. a completely not only surreal, like, cult film. So Dad and his, his son living together. Yeah. And at night the dad becomes this... Well, I don't think it's like supposed to be supernatural, but he's like a, a criminal called a greasy strangler. All right, he's okay. literally covered in grease and just strangles people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> As it says on the tin. Creative. <laughs> and just everyone was laughing their heads off in the in the showing. It was great. Oh, that's good. There was lots of like little lines like whenever they thought they were lying to each other, they'd be like, Bullshit artist! I always think of Cal Pilkington and Captain Bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime anyone says bullshit, that's the first thing that comes to my head. We go, bullshit. <laughs> Brilliant. There's a lot to be had from bullshit. Yeah, on the, on the gig front, I only just found out today that David Burns coming to Manchester in June, oh, wow. and it's all sold out from the looks of it. So it must have been on sale for months without me realising, which is happening a lot lately. Yeah, I've not been too bad with stuff like that. My only one that I've missed out is Blossom's new tour. I was so frustrated. I was in the queue and then my phone crashed and I missed out on tickets. And there's still some available, but they're now like 80, 90 pound, which mm. is just ridiculous. So I'm not paying that. As much as I love the Blossoms, I'm not paying that. Yeah, totally. Flight of the Concourse was the same for me, which they've now had to cancel, which is fine. So I'm not so gutted yeah. <laughs> missing out. But there are only like, like a handful of seated tickets left. And the cheapest one was like 40 quid up in the gods, which was actually quite reasonable. But you had to be an American Express card holder to get that price. Okay. And like regular seating in like other similar tiers was like 60 quid. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What are you doing that for? You know? That's strange. Well, with Blossoms, because the likes of Ticketmaster and Live Nation and all them guys had sold out, I then went to like you, uh, your websites where they were selling the tickets. Uh, that had already been purchased and I found some that was £65 for standing and I thought well, not too bad fine you know I'm paying maybe £15 over the price of whatever I should be mm-hmm. got to the end of the, the total price 
and then they whacked an extra £25 on for booking fee. Mm. I'm, like, oh, I'm not getting these tickets then. No. So, ridiculous. No. I had a much more pleasant ticket buying experience getting tickets to Fight Club Pro. Ah, nice. Dream Tag Team International show in Manchester. There's some good matches on. Yeah, yeah I've never been to Fight Club Pro. But yeah, whenever I've seen it on Twitter, they've always got some good matches. Mm, yeah. yeah. Kyle, guess what? We're still on the race to WrestleMania. <laughs> we are. Who's winning? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody! Because <laughs> it's taking place on a fixed date at a fixed time. Oh, dear me. So, we were faced with a prospect of the... Apparently, final two single-branded pay-per-views of the network era, from the sounds of it. Interesting. What What do you think about this? Do you think it's it, it's a good way to go? Or? I don't trust them to be disciplined enough to like cycle through the storylines correctly, so that yeah, you get like one pay-per-view where there's a lot of raw focus, and then the other there's a lot of SmackDown focus, and it just has like a couple of matches from the other brand to top it up. Yeah, kind of thing. Because they exhausted it like, way too quickly with like twice a month. And yeah. the, the good thing about single-branded pay-per-views in the old days was you'd get rivalries from the other brand who didn't have a pay-per-view that month. They'd get blown off on TV and you got some exciting TV out of it at the same time as well. And yeah. That's just not been happening lately. No, I've got to say, I think from Raw and SmackDown's point of view that the TV hasn't been at its best my hope is that these pay-per-views don't become all raw central which is what happened from my point of view anyway what happened when it was single pay-per-views you would always find that all the raw talent always got like the bigger matches or the main event matches so hopefully you know the smackdown will get some of them big matches we'll get to that because there's a couple of details from smackdown show that Got my back up a bit. But let's go in chronological order. So, Raw's last stop on the road to WrestleMania was the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view on February 25th, 2018 from the T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada, in the Las Vegas Valley. 15,126 people in attendance. The pre-show match saw the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson, defeat the Miz Siraj, in 8 minutes 50 in a completely unnoteworthy match. Literally, I sat down to start to take notes when it was going on live. I wrote the name of the match down, and that was it. <laughs> I'm like, bollocks, am I watching this again? <laughs> I think that's the, the case with most of them type of matches. I mean, maybe not to the extreme if you're not writing any notes down at all, but yeah, the majority are very unnoteworthy mm. on the main show the opening video hypes Wrestlemania is so close but the Elimination Chamber is the final obstacle for people and it also hypes up Ronda Rousey's contract signing for later tonight it's a roadblock in the race to Wrestlemania oh boy <laughs> <laughs> it's a pit stop <laughs> Straight off the bat, someone in the crowd with a Victoria for Hall of Fame, please sign. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I agree. Because yeah. did you see when ESPN revealed Ivory's induction, they accidentally tagged 
Victoria instead of Ivory. Oh no, I didn't see that. Because <laughs> their shoot names are both like quite similar. It's like Lisa Marie or something or other. Yeah. So they tagged like at real Lisa Marie, which I think is Victoria, and they should have tagged Ivory. Oh god, awkward. Oh jeez. Yeah. Well, I, I saw. I think. I'm sure it was Becky Lynch. Hood. She tweeted a picture of her and Victoria wrestling from back when Becky Lynch had just started out. Oh, awesome. Really? Like some yeah. fans had like, posted on saying, yeah, we wish she was in the Hall of Fame. It was quite interesting because, obviously, before you, you hit WWE, like wrestlers fight other, other wrestlers that we wouldn't know about. And I would never have thought that Becky Lynch and Victoria would have ever come across each other. Yeah, but, yeah it was, yeah. I was like, that's cool. Mm. Mm. Corey Graves' new haircut. I love it. I'm sorry, but I cannot unsee the Jedward comparison now. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Uh-huh. I see that, but I do like it. I think it's ace. Oh, man. Oh, we open up with a video package for the women's title match, Elimination Chamber match. It's going to kick off the show. Mm. Slightly unusual with the build to this. It was kind of like a two versus two versus two feel to the match. Yeah. People obviously identifying the absolution of both in the match at the same time, so everybody gets a buddy, yeah, so to speak. So Sasha and Bailey pair off, and then Mickey and Alexa buddy up. It's a strange partnership, that isn't it? Yeah, because I mean that was how Mickey made her return to the WWE, mm. and then they had like the whole rivalry and that kind of petered down a bit. Yeah. Well, out of the partnership, should I say? I think that's where commentary was trying to put you in in the way of is Absolution were actually a pair whereas Alexa and Mickey were having tiffs mm-hmm. and obviously Bailey and Sasha were having tiffs but yeah I, I enjoyed the setup of it I thought it was quite cool it was interesting mm-hmm. yeah. Alexa Bliss as well was complaining about how she had to defend her title in the chamber and Brock didn't very valid. I mean, her main promo addressing that issue w- was apparently really, really good. And I could totally believe that because she's a really, really good promo woman. But from what I can recall, she hasn't even had a women's title match since November at the earliest. So it just comes across a little bit like, you know, you're throwing stones when you're living in the glass house, you know? I get that. I think the road that they're going down is they're trying to get Brock as much heat as possible. So that mm. might have been a Vince decision to say in your promo, will you pop that in? Because if you watch any of the Raws from the last three or four weeks, there's not just Roman that's that's kind of had a pop at Brock. You know, every opportunity there's been, even on commentary, there's been a few pops at Brock and I think that's the general census of whoever we can get out there on the mic or whoever can listen. A few slight little digs here and there to just to try and... That's the way I saw it anyway, but I, I get where you're coming from of, yeah, she's not defended it for a while, so why is she saying that? But I, yeah. I think it's from that perspective. If this was coming from a champion who defended like week in, week out, Saying the Miz was having to put his title up in the chamber or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have quite the same issue. So yeah, our opening contest is the Elimination Chamber match for the Raw Women's Championship, with Alexa Bliss defending against Bailey. 
Mandy Rose, Sonia Deville, Mickey James, and Sasha Banks. As expected, given the rather sparse-looking card, people are coming out every five minutes. The crowd sounded really, really into this right from the very early goings. Yeah, uh, that's what I've enjoyed for the past few months with any women's division matches, is that the fans have been really behind it. Before the women's revolution, as they're calling it, you could really see like the difference in match of, all oh, right, here's a women's match, here's, you know. But yeah, Elimination Chamber, they were really up for it. And I think the stories have been good as well, so that helps. So they, they've got something to grab onto. I think one thing this show does really well, actually, the, the representation for the women's division is really, really good. So you've got the six top contenders in this match. You've got Dana Brooke with the number one contenders for the tag titles. Yeah. You've got Asuka and Naya. And then you've got Ronda yeah. signing on the dotted line as well. Yeah. So that's like twice as many storylines with the women's division that you typically get. Mm. I think that's why we may end up seeing a women's tag title. Possibly, mm. because there, there are a lot of women now. To keep the competition going, you can't just have the women's belt if you're going to have this many on each each show. Well, I think that's how people make the point. You often get a lot of people in the division just squished into these big tag team matches. Mm. Why not make a go of it with like a, a proper title where you know you can build up some prestige and make those matches week to week mean a bit more? You know? Yeah. One of my learners listens to this show, and I said that I'd mention this on the show. He was saying about tag teams quite big at the moment. Why not bring out a six-man tag title? Well, like three three men. So like the yeah. New Day and you know stuff like that. Because that could be quite interesting. Like having a ladder match with stuff like that would be quite quite cool. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really very popular on the scene at the minute. Yeah. And obviously, Lucha Underground's tag titles are like that. ROH and New Japan have six-man titles yeah. themselves. We'll see. Oh, give me strength. Mandy and Sonya in white. I had to make sure I was sat down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to think. <laughs> Bailey and Sonya are starting this match and they're very cautious in the early goings. Then there's some spots all around the chains and Bailey climbing up like Spider-Woman. They have a few noticeable communication issues. Yeah. They seem to work for it fairly well. And Bailey does her Saito suplex. Right, if her finisher is the Bailey to Bailey suplex, why is that move not called the Bailey to back suplex? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Come on. She does the top rope elbow onto the chamber floor after Sonya rolled out of the ring. The countdown starts for the next pod opening, so Bailey's like, oh shit, hook a rest hold quick. <laughs> That's really going to get rid of her. She should have done something a lot more deadly because out next was Mandy Rose, and the numbers game does not work in Bailey's favour. No, no. It's absolutely wicked spear on the outside by Sonya that gets the heel's advantage, and they keep back suplexing her into the change, which is really good. Yeah. Mandy gets a second rope knee drop and they hook Bailey's arms into the chains to like crucify her a little bit. Yeah, and I don't know, like the the way that she had her arms, they weren't even then hooked back round. They were at a weird angle, like they were pointy. Mm. It was a bit weird. Yeah. 
out next out of the pod is Sasha Banks. And she gets a really, really good, like, hot pack spell in this match. She sends Mandy into the pod. She knees Sonya into the chains and then again back in the ring for a two count. And she then head scissors Mandy into the turnbuckle and does her knee stack in the corner to Sonya for a near fall. Mandy then gets a pretty impressive spell, getting the sit-out face buster, like the glam slam type deal. Yeah. That's really cool. But then her running knee misses and Sasha hooks in the bank statement. And Bailey grabs Sonya before she can make the interception, so Mandy has to tap out. Mandy Rose is the first woman to be eliminated from the Women's Royal Rumble and the first woman to be eliminated from the Women's Elimination Chamber. She's got a good record going. (laughs) (laughs) Just as long as it's not like a a Kurt Hawkins type thing. Oh God, 100 and whatever he's on. 45? Ridiculous. (laughs) Next out of their pod is Mickie James. So that means that Alexa's going to come out last. So I wonder if she got that perk because she did her complaining mm, possibly she has a really excellent spell as well she gets victory rolled off of a DDT attempt by Sasha only to come back with a net breaker on Bailey and a flapjack to Sasha and does her hurricane run on the floor and then climbs all the way up to the top of the pod and Fez presses Sonya off it for the free count to eliminate Sonya it was a nice move that it was good what do you make of Absolution going so early, though? It does kind of damage their characters a little bit, but looking at everybody else within that elimination chamber, I think that they were the right ones to go. I'm really hot on Absolution at the moment. It's just a shame that in the in the scheme of the elimination chamber, they would it was the only way for them to go. But I th- I think they'll they'll come out strong at Mania, you know, with whatever's happening. I guess it kind of plays into the story that they've been attacked on like two fronts, so to speak. Yeah. Naturally, Mickey's knackered after that spot and they make quick work of her. Sasha hitting the backstabber and then Bailey following up with the Bailey to Bailey to eliminate Mickey. Alexa clocks immediately what's going on when it's time for her pod to open and she does not want to get out of there. <laughs> no, 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 don't open, don't open. That would have worked in the old chamber, but this yeah. one, it opens both sides, so she's fucked. <laughs> we get a game of cat and mouse as they like chase each other across the, oh, God, the that, chains. Oh, God, that was so funny. No, not me, not me. I'm going to the other side. No, I'm, I'm going back this side. <laughs> Alexa winds up like treeing herself at the top of the pod. Yeah. And Sasha starts beating her up. And Bailey's struggling to get up. So Sasha like gives her a hand up. And then, wham! Goes all Lion King on us. <laughs> oh, that was the best thing. Twitter went mental with the whole Lion King memes of yes. <laughs> Sasha and Bailey. <sighs> you snake, Sasha. <laughs> Bailey gets revenge, but then Alexa uses that as an opportunity to sneak attack and gain the advantage. Sasha then runs wild on Bailey, only to get put into a tree of woe while Bliss superplexes Bailey, Then we get a double frog splash by Sasha, and she covers Bailey for two. And at this point, Michael Cole seems to have, like, trouble speaking. He, like, can't get his words out. He's like, Spout! Wrestlemania! Are, are, are you okay? You're kind of, like, stuck. Someone put another quarter in him, you know. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> That's funny. You must have just been enjoying the wrestling. 
Oh, oh Vince is shitty more. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy to be like, uh, Michael, Michael, oh, speak now, damn it! <laughs> so the knee stack in the corner gets countered, the counter gets countered, and Bailey heads up to Bailey to Bailey Sasha from the second rope. But before she can cover, Alexa sneaks up from behind and rolls her up to eliminate her. That was a hell of a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Twisted Bliss eats the knees. Sasha keeps kneeing Alexa into the chamber, but then she gets her foot stuck in the yeah. chains. Bliss does like a backbreaker to take advantage. Then my least favourite spot of this match. Twisted Bliss off of a top of blocked into the bank statement. Yeah. It seemed ridiculous. No, it didn't work. No, I didn't like that, to be honest. Yeah. Bliss manages to escape. Then Sasha tries to climb up to the pod, but Bliss sends her face first into the glass and scores with the draping DDT over the top rope to get the free count and to retain her championship. I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was quite good that it was on first to get the crowd going. Like I said before, I think it was right that Absolution went when they did, even though they are both very strong. I think story-wise it worked well that Sasha getting rid of Bailey. I didn't then want Sasha to win. Mm. So it kind of flipped reverse who I was cheering for. But all in all, yeah, I enjoyed the match. So it was good. Yeah, totally. I really enjoyed this match. It was a very, very good layout. Well done all round. Like, I mean... The, the nervousness that Bailey and Sonya seemed a little bit off and then that spot with Sasha and Alexa at the end was a bit naff. But other than that, it's really delivered. It hit lots of uh, storyline beats that they needed to. Yeah. Lots of really good spots. And Mickey and Sasha, especially with their spells in the match, were brilliant. Post-match, Renee Young gets in the ring to interview Alexa Bliss and cuts a faux babyface promo. Saying like, oh, I'm, I dedicate this win to the big dreamers, only to then massively heal out on the crowd. She sucked me in. She did. Mm. I was very much like, oh. And then she punched me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Sasha was still yeah. on the steps while all this was going on as yeah. well. For fuck's sake. We then see Kurt Angle enter Ronda Rousey's locker room. And we get a selfie promo from Braun Strowman. V's hands are all he needs to win the chamber match, and he's going to make Brock his pet beastie boy. Wow. The selfie things, I'm not a fan of. It cheapens the product, is the best way I can describe it. Stick with the skits and the segments, and the wrestling. We don't need these little Snapchat messages with massive fonts and stuff. It's just not needed. I wouldn't mind a pet beastie boy, though. Yeah. Pet Brock. I was thinking more like an actual Beastie Boy. Well, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Any rap songs that you want him to do? <laughs> yeah. Press the top of his head. <laughs> Play Intergalactic, please. <laughs> Intergalactic. <laughs> Be like, um, you see that episode of South Park where they solve their like unemployment problem by replacing people's Alexas with just these hicks? No. Alexa, play Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Playing Humble by Kendrick Lamar. I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances. Finesse the dude with some counterfeit. But now I'm counting this apartment. Jim Bob, Simon says Big Frosty Seaman Shake. The hell you talking about, boy? My left hook just went viral. Sit down. 
be humble. Beep beep. Playing humble. <laughs> Sit down, be humble. <laughs> I have to say, right, so Braun's cutting this promo, like his selfie camera on his cell phone. I can only imagine him after that double bass segment with Elias yeah. having the big, massive Nokia phone from the Trigger Happy sketches. Hello! You want to get these hands? <laughs> I used to love that, Trigger Happy TV. Oh, God. Oh. Matchup number two is for the Raw Tag Team Championship. The champions are Bar defending against Titus Worldwide. Worldwide had beaten the champions three times within the past two months to earn their title shot. I'm not a massive fan of Titus Worldwide. Uh-huh. So my concentration in this match kind of lapsed a little bit. And I was probably 60% on Twitter to the 40% in the match. Well, I think that was a wise, <laughs> I think that was a wise use of your energies. <laughs> it was energetic enough to start with like, Apollo doing the dives and yelling, Worldwide! <laughs> but then the champs soon isolate Apollo and it's really kind of indistinct. Very little is happening. Yeah. Feels like it goes on forever, and it sounds like we have a beach ball in the crowd. Oh, God, yeah. Yay. Finally, Titus is able to tag in and restore some energy to this match, but still, Seamus nearly tripping up while climbing the ropes. Yeah, and then he he points at the audience like, nah, 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 nah. (laughs) Wasn't me. It clearly was. (laughs) He winds up just jumping into the Clash of the Titus and. Cesaro has to save the fall. Apollo then does a topic on Hilo onto both of the champions and has a nice exchange with Sheamus. But then a blind tag allows Cesaro to save Sheamus from the Apollo bomb and then the double white noise is enough for the champions to retain after 10 minutes and 5 seconds. Just what's happening with the bar on pay-per-view lately? The Rumble tag match was shite. This was just... Oh my god. The closing stretch was alright, I guess, but everything before that was just really, really boring. Yeah, they are a good pairing together, but it just, I don't know, the look of the pay-per-views, they're not having much at the moment. Yeah, big disappointment. We then get clips of Naya laying out Asuka last week, and we see one of Asuka's masks backstage, which gets tread on by Naya. That was quite a good visual. Yeah. Yeah, that match is next, so we get the video package putting over Asuka's 246-0 streak. That's ridiculous, isn't it? She's a sensation. This is brilliant. Asuka is only the seventh superstar to be a Royal Rumble winner and a sole survivor at the Survivor Series. Oh, that's cool. Mm. If Nia wins this match, she'll get added to Asuka's title match in the Triple Threat. My issue with stuff like this is how can they be so self-important? Like, story-wise. Nia's done this before. Mm. I don't understand how they've got the self-importance. Like, Ziggler's done it before as well. They just come down, oh, if I win this match, then I'm in such an... No. If the GM says, then yes, fine. Okay, Mm. cool. 
But you can't come down and you can't say this is what's going to happen. That's one big sticking point for me because if anything else happens, oh, the GM has a problem with it. Mm. This storyline would have made a whole heck of a lot more sense if Naya was like in there, like it was like final two. There was some kind of controversial yeah. aspect to her elimination or something. But yeah, yeah. she just totally wasn't in the running. She was out ages before like, yeah. they even got down to the final four. So it's just a bit random hmm. for me. Still, our third match is Asuka taking on Nia Jax. Yeah, to be honest, I'm, I'm really took to this match. Like The opening going, really good pace, really yeah. took advantage of both of their skill sets. You know, Asuka, she sticks and moves, she strikes, and she counters stuff. Naya is just overwhelmingly strong. And there was quite a sizable amount of support for Naya winning this match, actually. Yeah, and I liked how Asuka was always going in for the win, mm. and Naya would use her power to get out of it every time. And, you know, it just showed it was like the David and Goliath. That was kind of the mentality that was going Yeah. It's sort of a bit like that Zack Sabre Jr. and Tyler Bate match we saw, you know. Yeah. You you have a base and then the technical wrestler tries to sneak in their submissions around it. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. One of those instances, Nye is able to power out of the guillotine with the jackhammer. Yeah. Jackhammer, maybe? Ooh. Mm. Ooh. (laughs) Naya's actually able to weather this flurry of like the buzzsaw kicks that was actually what beat her at TakeOver at the end. Yeah. See episode four. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> I fucking love that cross arm breaker that Asuka does where she kind of leaps onto people like a lion. Just yeah. <laughs> rip your arm off. Yeah. Anyway, the finish of the match comes when Naya tries to power... Asuka up for a power bomb, but Asuka spins around with her legs and gets a victory roll for the free count out of nowhere. Yeah, it was nice though. I wasn't expected just because of every time Naya was picking Asuka up, she'd then just devastate her with you know whatever move she wanted. So it was nice to see. Yeah, was good. Yeah, I really liked this match. I liked it at the time and it was even better on second viewing actually. Yeah, I just liked the dynamic to it. And it really kind of felt like Naya was putting Asuka through the ringer. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, we knew Asuka was going to come away with the victory. But I I quite liked the idea of... I didn't know how Asuka was going to win that match. That was what was keeping me going. So yeah, it was good. In the post-match, Naya has a bit of a paddy and spears Asuka through the barricade. And Alexa's watching backstage and she's totally thrilled in the second interview of the night. Yeah. She says that no one is ready for Alexa. Nah, we'll see about that. <laughs> I mean, nobody's ready for Alexa when it was doing that creepy laugh from all those false positives, I guess. Yeah. Roman Reigns then gets interviewed by Charlie backstage <laughs> and he goes on to body shame Paul Heyman and questions his manhood. Spoiler alert, I'm going to WrestleMania and beating Brock Lesnar and taking his Universal Championship. We know. We've known for nine months. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous story going. As much as I want Brock to disappear for a bit, because it's doing me heading that we've got a part-time champion, mm. part of me wants Brock to win. Just to be like, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> we've changed! But, yeah... 
they need to learn from this and not tell us a storyline that's going to happen in advance. Up next is Woken Matt Hardy against Bray Wyatt. So we get the video package recapping Matt Hardy becoming Woken. Yeah. Oh, have you been practising that? <laughs> not particularly, but... <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> well, that, that bit of the promo comes up like six times. Because <laughs> that was a good effort. That was yes. Good. <laughs> Due to his condition, he gets in the promo wall with Bray Wyatt. Oh, hypocrite of the month alert. Wyatt accusing Matt Hardy of speaking meaningless words <laughs> and having empty promises. Oh, God. He spent fucking four years Bray- doing this shit. <laughs> Bray's the king of that. Yeah. I really, really like Matt Hardy. I think he's ace. There hasn't been one time, character-wise, that I've thought... Mm. Like, I even liked his version one, where he had... Um, oh, V1 was great, yeah. Where he had Shannon coming out making sure he was the right weight and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, just in incredible stuff. And then, you know, the stuff that he did in TNA when he first did the broken character and, and that. I just think he's a genius. He's just brilliant. Who'd have thought that him speaking a little differently and having a weird laugh would just be so popular and everyone would jump on board? It's mint. I just wish they hadn't have had that Raw 25 match. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck was the point of that? Yeah, it didn't do anything to the story, did it? And um, I think if you kind of just take that away, it, it wouldn't affect anything. Yeah. So this is our fourth match of the evening. Welcome Matt Hardy taking on Bray Wyatt. Oh, Bray just appears in the ring where Matt used to be. Yeah. And Matt gets on the tannoy system singing the Obsolete song. Obsolete! <laughs> Possibly teasing the arrival of Brother Nero. Yes. Just as Bray finally looks underneath the ring, like, oh, are you you fucking here or what? (laughs) (laughs) Matt just appears on top of the steps. Yeah, we get a cool cross-body block counter to the twist of fate from Bray. Then the beach ball turns up and this match dives off a fucking cliff. Yeah, which really upsets me because I do like what Matt and Bray are doing. This all stemmed from when Matt was in TNA and Bray tweeted him and you know it all came from there. So it's nice to see them carrying that on and I just wish the fans would get on board a little bit more. That's one thing that bugs me about the, the fans at times. It can be proper dicks. <laughs> God. <laughs> Did you hear Graves as well? Try to say, oh yeah, well the fans are being quiet for this match because the last time they were cheering for Matt, Bray just beat him up for it. <laughs> fucking what? I can't defend him, I'm sorry. I'm trying my hardest. Although he, he did have his, his claps in to G up the crowd. Play along. Yeah. But... We get a Mexican wave and Rusev Day chants. Then Matt finally counters the sister Abigail with the twist of fate to win in 9 minutes 55, getting the bin. Which is a shame, because I think that they both have great potential. Just, I'm hoping that the ultimate deletion will change stuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so now I am defeated by Pinfall, the consumer of terrestrial entities. He is prepared finally for ultimate deletion. I love that video when there was like two of him and then ten of him, fifteen of him, a hundred of him. You're like, what the hell? That's crazy. But. This is another thing about Matt that I like. Apparently, it's all his money. Like, Mm. he's the one that's bankrolled this. And recently in the news, we've learned that Jeff junk driving and all that sort of stuff. One fan messaged Rebbe to say, oh no, does this mean Jeff's not going to be in the ultimate deletion because Jeff needs to be in there because of you know, what happened in TNA and all that sort of stuff. And Remy messaged back saying, no, he doesn't. He's not part of, he doesn't have to be there. And plus, Matt's worked his socks off to get this ultimate deletion. His own money, his own this, his own that. So no, Jeff does not have to be there. But apparently Jeff has filmed his his bits. Mm. So whether he gets edited out, we'll find out tonight. Mm. Yeah, we'll see where this goes. It's a bit weird, the timing of it. Yeah. I'm just going to do this a few weeks before Wrestlemania yeah. kind well, of thing the, the rumour is that the Hardys were, were potentially going to go against the bar but without spoiling you know what's, what's to come mm. doesn't look like that's going to come into no. play is it I'm not uh, too sure we now get a recap of Ronda Rousey turning up at the Royal Rumble and pointing and get a lot of cool training clips of her, actually. Yeah. She's been Instagram mad recently of her in the ring and training and having people on shoulders. Have you seen the recent one where she's asleep on the mat? Oh, well, she's probably not asleep, just knackered on the mat. And behind her is Kurt on the bottom rope with his legs crossed, just chilling. Oh, It's cool. <laughs> Speaking of Kurt, out he comes with a contract. And guess who comes out next? <laughs> this is your moment, Kyle. Come on. You, you say it's fine. Can't have, without yeah, you, you showing me laughing. Triple H! You know something's up now. I was expecting for me to, to say Triple H and you go, Oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for giving me my opportunity. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> LOL, Stephanie gets booed just for saying history. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Anyway, they both put over the calibre of athlete that they're signing here and call her the baddest woman of the planet and then out comes Rhonda, who's all, oh, shucks, when she gets on the microphone. Yeah. She may need to get a few mics, uh, mic training lessons. What I've been hearing, she's been growing into it Ever so slightly, yeah. as the promos have been going on. She was definitely a bit nervous on this night. Like, you know, apparently a load of her mates were in the audience with it being Vegas and stuff. So yeah. That probably contributed it a little bit. She puts over Roddy Piper as a hero and says she's out to earn respect. And Triple H puts her over for not wanting any perks in the contract. You know, despite her having her own locker room in the back that we saw earlier. Yeah. And making your aiming debut at WrestleMania is a bit of a perk, really, isn't it? Yeah, although, to be fair, like, I know that that's storyline and stuff, but I, I have read online that she's been, like, the nicest person. Like, she's been training with the wrestlers, she's 
been hanging out with them. She's not kept herself separate like Brock does. She's really integrated herself, which is only going to help you moving forward. I think it's really evident that she's willing to put the work in and, you know, just following Shane's example, basically, from the looks of it. Yeah. So Stephanie and Ronda start sorting out the contract when Triple H has some noticeably curt words for Kurt. And Ronda's like, what's going on here, mate? Angle claims that Steph and Hunter wanted to manipulate her to get revenge for WrestleMania 31. What was he going to say, Hunter? Three years in the making and now we got the... Whoa! <laughs> now, now, Kurt, Roman is the only person allowed yeah, to yeah. say bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H claims Angle is having a relapse of the flu. That's why I love Triple H. Because he can be the absolute dickhead of a COO, but then when he needs to be and he's got to think on his feet, this whole DX character just, you know, like, dickhead Triple H wouldn't have said that. And just to try and get everything back on track, you get the whole, you know, it's brilliant. Mm. So Stephanie admits that, yeah, they were embarrassed at WrestleMania 31, but they were also impressed, and that's why they wanted her. But then Kurt reveals more details, saying... Steph called Ronda has been, and even Steph could take her out. So we get a face-to-face confrontation that Triple H breaks up, only to result in him getting Saito suplex through the table. I absolutely loved that. Incredible. <laughs> you see, everyone was poking fun at Hunter for taking that picture of Ronda from behind the screen, but this is why he does it. You yeah. know, bad things happen to Triple H when he gets in Ronda's face. Yeah. It's brilliant, and that just feeds it even more with that picture. You know, she might have sent me off the stage if I had come over <laughs> and taken a picture. So I'm staying away, I'm staying away. Stephanie then slaps the holy fuck out of Rhonda. Yeah, that was nice to see. Because sometimes you, there's still an element of protection there, isn't there? Mm. So, again, all credit where it's due. Yeah, it's willing to take a lumps. Mm. Steph asks... Who do you think you are? Like, uh, the baddest woman on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying you have like, just said that. Like four <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Ronda signs a contract and this sets in motion this mixed tag team match we're going to have at WrestleMania. I'm looking forward to that. I quite enjoyed the following Raw where <laughs> Triple H as he's leaving the ring decides to clobber <laughs> Kurt and there's a picture on Twitter of a zoomed in. Kurt's <laughs> <laughs> just like I can't even see it. <laughs> so Kurt's just like there, like a boo. He's like. He's <laughs> 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 standing here. Oh, God, that's some weight off my shoulders. Yeah, because your head's going to fall off it. Bam! It's so funny. But. The picture that I'm seeing on Twitter where it's paused is literally the fist is like four centimetres from his face. <laughs> and Kurt's like staring somewhere else. It's hilarious. Brilliant. I, I just love the internet sometimes. <laughs> it's so good. Speaking of mixed tag team matches, we get an advert for the mixed match challenge on 
Facebook or on the network if you're over here in the UK. Have you been watching any of that? I've got to say, I've not watched any of it at all. But I don't know whether I like the concept of it. Just because I'm a bit old-fashioned with stuff like that. And the whole concept of the mixed match, the storylines are out of the window. Totally. It's like those one-night-only TNA pay-per-views they used to do. It's kind of like outside of the main storyline continuity a little bit. Yeah. And I don't like it. It hurts my eyes. (laughs) I'm very much want to follow storylines and want to make sure that everything stays in this world. And like obviously they're like the WWE 24s and stuff like that. That's different. Yeah. But the fact that then we've got this mixed match tag, I don't know. I just I, I don't want anything to do with it. I want to n- not believe it's there. That's my feelings towards it anyway. It did feel like a bit random. Some of the pairings that they came up with. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Like it, it kind of. A fair amount of people seem to be enjoying that. You know, the wrestlers seem to be relaxing a little bit and just having a bit of crack. Yeah. I only watched the opening match with Finn and Sasha, and I forgot who they were facing. I've not checked out anything after that. Yeah. But no, it seems to make people happy seeing some different sort of interactions. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm the same as you. I just wish it to be more consistent with what is actually going on. Yeah, and I suppose is this their way of? A potential mixed match tag championship. Hmm. Slowly building that in to see how popular it is to whether it's gonna work. That'd be quite an interesting idea, actually. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier if WWE wasn't PG. Then you you know, typically in mixed matches you only have like the one spot where the women interact with the men. Whereas, like, you know, on, on the independent circuit, intergender wrestling is much better because people can actually have extensive spells against each other. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That I'm just trying to think of the reasoning other than it just being a light-hearted mess around. Yeah. On a basic level, Facebook offered them a heap of money and it's like, yeah, can you do this for us? like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I heard it was originally pitched as an inter-promotional women's show. Right. different people from Raw, Smackdown and NXT were going to turn up right. so I would also have been interested in yeah, that had been a better concept I think and they could have kept things more storyline based mm. yeah. the one aspect that I have liked about it is whenever Asuka and Miz have done their promos Asuka kind of like talks to people like she's on Sesame Street it's like, I'm Asuka it's pretty good yeah, so, well, again, that's my example of, you know, Asker and Miz, like the biggest heel, well, I'd say, in WWE right now. Yeah. Because he's incredible. And then Asker, who's this incredible babyface kick-ass. And, do you know what I mean? It's just... I think bonded over their love of dogs, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, so it's main event time with the video package hyping up how... Being a part of WrestleMania makes you a part of WWE law, and then highlights the contenders for this match. First time we've ever had seven people in the chamber. Yeah, John Cena, idiot, <laughs> messing it up. Yeah. So this is a number one contender's biggest elimination chamber match in WWE history, 
The winner faces Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. It's Elias taking on Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, The Miz, and John Cena. Elias earned the right to enter the chamber last, so he gets to open up with his little mini concert. I loved his line about how we're in Vegas, so I'm sure you're used to seeing someone you love behind bars. (laughs) The one thing that I like about Elias segments now is Michael Cole will drop a Springsteen reference. Yeah. So Braun comes out and interrupts him and Cole's like, suddenly there's a darkness on the edge of town. Which is good. So the three men to start this matchup are Miz, Seth and Finn. <laughs> Miz totally shat himself when Braun hammered yeah. the glass in front of his face. <laughs> it's great. Finn Balor is wearing all blue. There's a photo going around. It was him, Braun, and Seth were teaming up on a house show. And I think it was on uh, St. Paddy's Day because Finn was in all green. Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. It's brilliant. Yeah. I really like Finn's colours. I know that, that might sound ridiculous, but the very, like, block colours. So, wearing red, it's red. It's not not like a different shade of red. It's just red. Same with blue, it's block blue, green, block green. I, I like the basicness of the colours, it, it, it's good. I think it's his love of Lego coming through. <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of gear, Seth is in his Seth Pool tights again, which I really, really loved. Yeah. And that Monday Night Rollins t-shirt looks class. Yes. Finn refuses a too sweet from The Miz. And the faces wind up double teaming him. That is that start was brilliant. Where Miz alternates between asking them to help yeah. us two against him. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, right. You're us two <laughs> against him then. <laughs> Miz winds up crotching himself, trying his corner clothesline, and then all three men trade roll up attempts. Nice little spot. Miz and Seth trade counters to their finishes, and then a double blockbuster by Seth gets a near fall. Before we meet the fourth man in the fire, John Cena! Uh, you a bit tired of John Cena, Kyle? I'm not tired of John Cena, I'm just tired of the reasoning John Cena's in this match. Okay. <laughs> he protobombs both Miz and Seth to set up a double five knuckle shuffle, but then gets stomped by Finn. Cena tries to attitude adjust. Finn and Seth simultaneously, which obviously fails. Yeah. Imagine if he actually pulled that spot off, how dangerous that would be. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's knackered and the crowd are pretty quiet as well, so they start entertaining themselves with let's go Cena, Cena sucks chance. Yeah. We then get a pair of superplexes out of opposite corners, which cues the arrival of Roman Reigns. Ooh. The big dog. The significant pupper. The sizable hound. <laughs> Miss sneak attacks and DDT's Rollins for two, and then it kicks everyone. That was a, a nice spot. I I actually thought he was going to do another round, but everyone just kind of fell away. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no more, please. <laughs> Roman then scores loads of clotheslines, the single leg powerbomb to Finn. The Simone drop to Cena and a sit-down powerbomb to the Miz. Out next is Braun Strowman. The crowd finally wakes up when Braun does a double suplex to Seth and Cena. And then he chases 
Miz up to the top of the pod and throws him off onto everyone else. I didn't like that spot just because there was just warning signs everywhere of the guys in the ring were just like, are we ready yet? Are we ready yet? Oh, 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 we go, yeah. Oh, God, oh, God, we got him. <laughs> we best fight in yeah. this exact <laughs> yeah. spot of the canvas then. Yeah, it was just, you knew exactly what was happening. <laughs> Braun hits heart punches on everyone, the gorilla press to Seth over the top, and then power slams the Miz to eliminate him. Elias is finally queued up to enter, but much like Alexa, crawls back into his pod. Yeah. And then everyone gangs up on Strowman. We get the quadruple shield powerbomb to Braun, and all four men stack themselves on top of him, and Braun still kicks out. Who'd have guessed that? <laughs> yeah, this kind of perked my attention up here. It's like, okay, what the fuck is going to eliminate Strowman here? They're setting themselves up for something big here and they best deliver. Mm. Attitude adjustment to Braun, who kicks out at one. And then the spear by Roman, and Braun still kicks out. The curb stomp then sets up Braun for the coup de grace to the floor. Reigns gets his attitude adjusted, and then Seth takes out Cena, and Seth and Finn cross-body each other. So... With everyone down, Elias finally sneaks out and tries to cover everyone he can. I like that, the ultimate... Well, it's not even a heel move, it's just the ultimate opportunist. Mm. You think you know me. (laughs) Oh, mystery! (laughs) Top rope elbow by Elias, he's learning something from Bailey. The electric chair powerbomb to Roman gets a near fall, but then Braun blocks it when Elias tries it on him and power slams Elias to eliminate him. Cole reckons that Strowman's on a mission to eliminate every single person in this match. Yeah, thanks, Cole. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think that's the way to win the match. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Everyone tries to strike Braun, but he's still able to catch Cena from out of midair and power slam him to eliminate Cena. Three mm. down. Surprisingly, Finn has the best look striking with Strowman and hits a shotgun drop kick and a coup de grace to the back of the head for a near fall. Then Slim Blade in the drop kick to Roman sets him up for the coup de grace, but Braun just grabs him off the cover and power slams Finn to eliminate him. Four men all eliminated by Strowman so far. It's almost as if Cole looked at the booking sheet and decided yeah. to spoil the match for us. Yeah, it's like he knew what was coming. Yeah. The Shield guys decide to double team the monster, sending him into the chains a lot. But then Seth turns on Roman and does the bookable. The- <laughs> It is a what? <laughs> a a bookable? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Seth turns on Roman and hits the buckle bomb. Because he's probably the only guy on the roster who trusts Seth to do it safely. Yeah, yeah. Superman punched immediately by Roman. The Simone drop to Braun on the floor sets him up for the froggy splash off the pod. And Braun still kicks out. Nice move, that. Yeah? This was me being a bit a bit picky. Is that 
he didn't do the frog mm. from the frog splash. Yeah, he probably just couldn't get the spring because he's on a firm surface instead of the ropes. Yeah, because I, I mean, that was that's been really picky. But when they was like, "Oh, it's a frog splash," like, no, that wasn't a frog splash. But yeah, yeah, it was a good move. Really yeah. Good. The shield bomb gets blocked, and Braun gets a shotgun drop kick on Roman, and then counters the curb stomp with a power slam to eliminate Seth. Oh no! We're down to Roman and Strowman. <laughs> Oh, I don't know who's going to win this. They couldn't possibly have Braun eliminate everyone just to feed him to Roman, surely not. No, that's not like WWE booking at all. <laughs> Roman does this Undertaker dive over the top yeah. onto the outside, it's cool. And then crashes Strowman through a pod. Loads of Superman punches. The spear gets blocked only for another Superman punch and two spears to put Strowman down for the free count after 40 minutes and 15 seconds. Oh, so all of that was just for Braun to lose to Roman. What a surprise. Yeah. I'm going to rate it in two halves. Okay. Okay. So my first half, as someone just watching the match, it was a good match. There was a lot of really neat spots. I think they used Braun well within it. I really like Rollins and Finn. I like like the stuff that they're getting on with. Miz, as usual, his ultimate heel character. Really, really nice. And I just I thought it was a really good match to watch. My other half, what the fuck? We knew Roman was gonna win. Why have we even got this match? They're my two halves. I'm kind of similar to you here. I mean, I thought at times this match was really, really slow and Braun's spell was like the, the most fun aspect of this match. Yeah. But simultaneously, you got the sense of every kick out that Braun had. You had this creeping sense of dread that, oh, Roman's just going to put him away with ease. Yeah. And, you know, it's all of this crazy stuff is happening to Braun, but, oh, Roman can put him away no problem with just his regular stuff. Yeah. Which is a bit of a letdown, really. There's lots of spots revolving around the pods that were quite nice, but you know they they lost the crowd far too many times in that match. Yeah. Just like not enough going on, I don't think. Braun gets his heat back with a pair of power slams and tossing Roman through the pod. Yeah. At the end. Again, we discussed it. I just think that the whole concept of the elimination chamber is ruined because we know the outcome. Thoughts on the show in general? Enjoyable. I don't think there was anything that was majorly out there. If I could recommend anything from that, I'd say watch the Women's Elimination Chamber and then that's about it, I think. That's easily my favourite match from the show. It was an alright show. The two matches in the dead spot, it's like the tag type of match and Matt Hardy's match, just nah, nothing going on there. The main event had some entertaining aspects to it. It was just weighed down by the booking. Yeah. And Asuka and Nia was quite a pleasant match as well. Mm. Nothing special, really. Mm. You can, like you say, just watch the opener and then get enough out of it, really. Because yeah. nothing else lived up to that, I don't think. No, no, I agree. That's one show out of the way, so it's half-time question time. Well, it's, it's not even a question. It's just, I want to see how well we can predict so, for our half-time, I want us to call out the, the Mania winners. 
Okay. And we'll look back and see how well we did. Right. So let's start with the Intercontinental Triple Threat. Seth, Finn and Miz. Ooh. I'm going to go with Finn, actually. Yeah. Finn. Yeah, okay. I think that would be quite fun. Mine's Finn as well. Just because I think that he deserves it after all the stuff that he's done. And I, I believe that the Miz is dropping the title at Mania due to obviously his wife being pregnant and mm. whatnot. So I, it, it's either Seth or Finn, but I do think steaming towards Finn. Okay, yeah. Roman and Brock. Gee, uh, uh, is the sky blue? Uh, Roman. Okay. Yeah, Roman. We've not got any more without spoiling the past then, have we? Alexa and Naya? Yeah, I think that's probably going to go that way, isn't it? Naya, I think. I think Naya's due her turn, really, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ronda's obviously going to win her match. Yeah, yeah. With Angle. Which will make me sad that you're close to losing this Mania. Blatantly, Ronda's going to pin or submit Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't have to, it's okay, it's not going to be a Sully on his... Yeah, we'll blame it on Seth. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Okay. <laughs> the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. That's not the blank, blank Battle Royal anymore. Yeah. Well, I think a few NXTs might turn up. So possibly someone who they're going to give a big push to. Yeah. Ember Moon, maybe. I was thinking Nikki Cross because she's not had anything much oh, yeah. to do on yeah. NXT for a good while. Good shout. And like, I was thinking about how Killian was in the Andre yeah. Memorial. And, yeah, they could, like they did with Baron, have a move up to the yeah. main roster. And then, well, with on Andre the Giant then? Fuck no, it was like Heath Slater, somebody shit like that. Yeah, you know? something ridiculous. What? Well, and- it shouldn't be like that though, should it really? I think if you want to give it some oomph, mm. you want a big guy to win it. Yeah. Cruiserweight title final. Mustafa Ali. Cedric. <laughs> that should be an interesting one then. From me watching the Cruiserweights going into Kyle's purple patch here, I've been really impressed with Mustafa Ali. I think he's fantastic. I'm really behind because I've been using up my progress subscription but it sounds like it's been really good week in week out and I can't wait to catch up incredible people listening to this will go oh fucking hell here we go again but 205's changed since Triple H has taken over (laughs) it's true it's true since Triple H has taken over we've had Drake Maverick he's told Jack Gallagher to get rid of his umbrella and sort his shit out He's told Mr. PowerPoint to sort his shit out. We've gone back to how the Cruiserweight originally started instead of this shitty skits of, you know, the crappy Enzo era. And we've gone back to 205 and how it should be and just amazing, high-flying matches. And say what you want about Triple H, but he's done the NXT magic on 205. So check it out. Check these last few weeks out. It's Mm, brilliant. Totally. Mm. What else have we got? I think the rest are SmackDown now. Everything else is SmackDown, yeah. Okay. Oh, Bailey, Sasha. Ooh. Sasha. Yeah. Then you'd have like heel Sasha and face Naya in the title scene, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Cool. Yeah. On to SmackDown's final pay per view before WrestleMania. 
WWE Fastlane on March the 11th, 2018 from the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. 15,119 in attendance. The pre-show match here saw six-man tag team action. Breezango and Ty Dillinger taking on Mojo Rawley, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. This was set up on Fashion Files, which has apparently now been turfed off of SmackDown and onto WWE.com. Yeah, it's a shame, that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and this is also a reminder that Ty Dillinger and Mojo Rawley exist. Mm. Which, again, is a shame on Ty Dillinger's part. Yeah. Not so much Mojo. Sorry, Mojo. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, Gable Benjamin and, and the Fashion Police had this quite decent feud going where it's like, oh, the amateur wrestlers like, oh, really serious wrestlers, you're all jokes. So... Dango puts on like headgear to square off with Gable, yeah. and then Gable inv- it, it makes himself prone to invite Breeze to hook a hold on him or something, and Breeze just rides yeah. him, bouncing <laughs> like a horse. It's great. Tyler gets flipped three hundred and sixty degrees by a monkey flip from Gable. Yeah, pretty cool. Mojo Raleigh is like a bloody hyper Randy Orton, with his like sliding about like crazy. Upon getting you can't wrestle chance, <laughs> Mojo quips, You think I care about being a wrestler? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> I mean, you're shit, so you can't care about <laughs> yes. much. Uh, nobody seems to be able to hit a dropkick in this match. No, no. They all like pull up really short and they hit a hand instead of a body part. And yes. Anyway. There's quite a nice bit where Dillinger's able to escape Gable and Benjamin's finisher and lures Gable into the beauty shot when he leapt off the top rope. Yeah. That's cool. And then that allows Dillinger to hit his weird new rotating code breaker thing on yeah. Mojo to get the win. And what was a really wildly varying match. It had sprinkles of nice spots and some decent comedy all intermingled with utter incompetence. Utter bollocks. Not hype. (laughs) (laughs) The opening video is a cheap as chips compilation of selfie promos. I really don't like these selfie promos. I really, really don't. And like for the opening package as well. Just, come on. Have you given the video editor a night off or something? I know, because the video editing is normally amazing. Yeah. It's always AJ that talks about the race to WrestleMania. It isn't again here. But now we're in the fast lane. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting there faster than normal. (laughs) It's not going to do you any good if you turn up to WrestleMania two weeks early. The stadium's not going to be set up. (sighs) But I can set my tent up. (laughs) And be prepared. Our opening contest sees Rusev accompanied by Aiden English, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura in a foregone conclusion match. Actually, it's more of a battle of the national holidays. (laughs) Nakamura Day versus Rusev Day. My only issue with this match was that I just felt it was a bit wasted on Rusev, but also wasted on Nakamura. I just felt like it was a pointless match and not a pay-per-view worthy match. Like most of... Fastlane, really. There's a lot of stuff booked last minute on the Go Home show, and this was one of them. Shinsuke wrestled Aiden English in a filler match and hurt his throat so he couldn't sing or something, and now Rusev's out for revenge. 
but thankfully Aiden is able to sing tonight and he does a like little Miss Springfield type like rap yeah <laughs> we're making a change we're gonna win it's Rusev Day little Miss Springfield which one will it be <laughs> when they went to the international announce tables Marcelo Rodriguez does a perfect it's Rusev Day yes, yes, yeah brilliant I was like Oprah in the room with something. <laughs> Rusev is looking real jacked, baby. Oh, yeah. Real jacked. He's in the best shape that he's ever been. Totally. Yeah. yeah. This was definitely a good choice to open up because the crowd are really into it with the dueling chants. Like, the bo- into both characters. Yeah. Even Volva matchup was quite haphazard. Yeah. And there's some neat exchanges actually revolving around you know, Rusev standing his ground and Shinsuke's doing some technical style escapes. Yeah. The come on spot is really, really over. Yeah. And Rusev just buggers off out of the ring. <laughs> That's quite funny. Now, we were talking about people in green for Paddy's Day. Did you see one lad in the crowd? He was in an Austin 317 shirt that was all in green. Oh, no, I didn't see that. It's like, um, probably like eight rows up, like in front of the main camera. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Oh, and in the front row, that couple that you always used to see in the Attitude Era are yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. The, yeah. the, the lady in the bright yellow and the bald guy in the bright pink. Yeah, that's cool. They've obviously been away doing other stuff and now they're back. <laughs> or that guy with the long hair keeps beating them to all the tickets or something. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, nice heel hook escape by Nakamura. On the other side of the coin, Rusev had an awesome fallaway slam straight out of Shinsuke's guillotine. Mm-hmm. They really got into the swing of things down at the closing stretch. People actually seemed to buy that Rusev could win this match, like especially that brutal Savat kick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then the finish sees Nakamura slide out of the accolade, do a Kinshasa to the back of the head, and then one to the front of the face gets the win after 14 minutes and 50 seconds. And it was just quite good actually they struck quite a good balance of keeping the crowd on side but not doing anything like overly strenuous to exhaust them so yeah. to speak yeah it was alright like I said bef- before the match it just there's just something about the fast lane pay per view that I just wasn't as keen to watch but yeah I'm not taking away from the match the match was was good but I just the, the interest just wasn't there yeah now, speaking of interest this was my time for a nap. You thankfully decided to look into this match in a little bit more depth to help me catch up. Yeah. It's the United States title match. Yeah. And the video package quite rightly focuses on Rude winning the United States title tournament and Orton wanting the title because it's one of the few things he's not won in the WWE yet. And it thankfully avoids the whole stupid... Oh, Orton, you're just jealous because I'm higher on the top ten list than you. Mm, yeah. What the fuck was the point of that top ten list? It was ridiculous. Just another bullshit creative... I don't know. So there's sometimes that I I actually applaud creative and think, you know, that's a good job. Mm. And then I actually think sometimes some of the decisions that they make are these the same people. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. As a wrestling fan from around the world, we just ask you to be consistent. Mm. 
So the United States title is on the line in our second match. Bobby Roode, champion, defending against Randy Orton. Tom Phillips immediately undoes the good work of the promo package by mentioning how Jinder Mahal stirred the shit between these two with the whole top ten list. Crap. The opening goings are all slow, deliberate chain wrestling. And then they both escape each other's finishes and bail to the outside of the ring. Backstage, Jinder watches on TV at an awkward angle. Yeah, I I don't understand... If you're going to watch a telly, you watch the telly dead on. Like, these angles of... It's just... It's not as if we wouldn't recognise Jinder from the back of him. Because, like, oh, look at all the acne. Oh, it's fucking Jinder, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A gold buster across the top rope allows Orton to start targeting the midsection of Bobby Roode. And that actually prevents Roode from hitting a suplex later on in the match. It's quite smart. Fans are so thrilled by this match that they chant Byron Saxton. Yeah. And at this point, both men seem to be like, oh shit, best do pick up the pace now then, you know. So Rude hits a netbreaker and a pretty crap looking top rope clothesline. Then the glorious DDT is blocked with a cradle for a two count and Orton gets his power slam. The draping DDT is blocked and Rude replies with a blockbuster for a two count. Orton hits the draping DDT at last, then the RKO gets blocked, the glorious DDT is back dropped out of, and then Rude's sunset flip is blocked for a two count, which is quite smooth. Yeah. Rude sends Orton to the outside, but Randy back suplexes him onto the barricade. Nice move, that. Yeah. Rude blocks a superplex with a sunset flip powerbomb for a near fall, but then Orton actually hits a successful top rope superplex for his own near fall. At this point, someone in the crowd who is apparently Xena Warrior Princess got really excited by the superplex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like, yeah! <laughs> Root gets a backslide for a two count, then both men trade finisher counters again, only for Root to hit the spine buster, and then out of nowhere, Root just leaps off the second rope into an RKO for the three count. So Orton wins his first United States Championship after 19 minutes and 15 seconds. What did you think to this match? Why did you want to look you, at this? You didn't sound very impressed. <laughs> I was a bit bored, really. This is really lethargic. And... So the reason that I chose the match as my match from Fastlane is because I just felt that the way that Bobby and Randy wrestled, it seemed quite effortless, in a good sense. And one of my annoyances that I say every single time we record is the fans of not getting on board when something's actually good. I don't think the match deserved the fans to start chanting other people's names and, and that sort of stuff. I really like the connection that those two have. I think that they they trust each other with the moves that they do, especially the one you know from outside the ring onto the barricade. You've got to have a lot of trust to be able to hit that right. Plus, I think it was a good decision to have Randy win. I think he deserves to finally be in the Grand Slam list. But also, knowing that Randy's been a wrestler for 16 years, everything just seems so effortless. Some people would probably say that, that you would put that against Randy. You know, he seems a bit lethargic at times. But I think that's just his 
demean I think that's his style and yeah that's why that's my pick I, I just really enjoyed the match I thought it was a really good watch there's, there's times when I've watched matches and I've either zoned out or thought oh let me just check Twitter or whatever but that match I watched for the entirety of just watching the match yeah fair enough I mean this, this wasn't for me I'm just it was really very well executed. Nobody fluffed anything or anything yeah. like that. They did seem to naturally like fit into the... It was a very old school feel to the match. Yeah. Like the build, it was a very slow burner. Yeah. It just wasn't for me, really. Yeah, like I'm not saying that at the end of the year, when we do our list of best matches of the year, that that's going to be a contender. But what I'm saying is that it was a very clean match all the way through. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, this undercard is sparse pickings in general, really. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Here's Jinder Mahal. <laughs> in a great moment. You know how there's... You often get these fans with, like, video game-based signs yeah. in the highway now. Someone had a sign saying, It's Superman 64! <laughs> Infamously terrible superhero game. Yeah. Fits Jinder Mahal to a T. Yeah, 100% completely. So he beats up Randy Orton only to get DDT'd by Rude, who then DDTs Randy Orton. I like that because it's not a heel move from Bobby. It's still he's still a face because he's taken away the gender attack. But then he's pissed that he's lost. So he's just taking it out from Randy. Quite naturalistic really. Triple threat at Mania from the looks of it? Yes. Okay, so if it is a triple threat, what are we saying? Randy Retain or Yeah, I'd say Orton still. And then goes on to like somebody gets brought over from a superstar shake up or something and he like works with them, like maybe a newer guy. Mm. Rumour is Seth's coming. Oh really? SmackDown. Yep. Mm. So I'm I'm guessing that the Shield thing's dead because of Dean. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, we now get a recap of one of Raw's WrestleMania rivalries. They go through the whole Ronda and Kurt and Triple H and Stephanie situation. Mm. Bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost as if they're like, looking for an excuse to, for anything to fill up this show. Yeah. I think Fastlane's a good example of why they've gone back to having dual perfume. And this is, you know, we were talking about our apprehensions about Raw being so dominant in, in their, their mind. Mm. Here's an example. SmackDown's last chance to showcase themselves before WrestleMania. Oh, look at the exciting matches from Raw's side of things. Yeah. Sami Zayn meets with Kevin Owens backstage and Owens is mad at the fact that Sami was all two-faced, pinning him on Tuesday when he promised he wouldn't, yeah. and uh, yada, yada, yada. Sammy says he's still Kevin's guardian angel, but Kevin's not having any of it. No. I am confused between this storyline. I'm not so sure. On NXT, I was completely on board with it all. You know, the way that it all worked out and the way that the the story went week to week. Whereas this is just confusing. It's like they're trying to redo the Jericho Owens scenario, but because it's Sammy and what happened on NXT, they've gone down the... I don't know, there's just something just doesn't add up. Yeah. Hmm. 
I would have liked for them to be the prime team heading for the tag titles. Like them and the Usos, that'd be a killer match, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Speaking of tag team action, our third match sees Naomi and Becky Lynch taking on Carmella and Natalia. They're really playing up the fact that Carmella's had this briefcase for such a long time. Yeah, that maybe there's a cash-in coming in soon. But I'm always confused now because Money in the Bank is now its own pay-per-view. And the contract states that you have a year to cash in. So my logic was that it would run out at Mania. But that's only because the original Money in the Banks used to run Mania to Mania. Mm. So she actually doesn't need to cash in at Mania. Because there's loads of people saying, oh, last opportunity she's got is Mania, is Mania, is Mania. In fact, she's got an extra two months. (laughs) But I can't, if I'm honest, I can't see Carmella as a champion. So I think she's going to be one of the very few 5% that's going to try and cash in and lose. Yeah, I think they've dug themselves into a hole here. I don't think she's stepped it up quite to the level that her peers have, really. Yeah. I don't see it being a good run. No. Tell you what, though, Naomi's new shirt is fucking awesome. Yeah. I've really liked all of Naomi's merch since she started doing the glow gimmick. Mm. I, I think she's brilliant. I think she's really brought her A-game. I mean, not to shovel any shit on her, but from being a pterodactyl, to come from that shithole to be where she is now, she has really put her head down and just got on with it. Yeah. Oh, but apparently, Becky Lynch has been getting her gear from the same place as Seth Rollins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Over fire. Naomi's hurricane round in this match was really nice, but her modified stunner, yeah. less so. Mm, I'm not Stone Cold's got to say about that. <laughs> Put some stank on it, kid! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> she bumps so well for Natalia's corner powerbomb. Yeah, yeah. I always like that move, but the way Naomi bumped for it here, she just looked like she'd been bunched up into a accordion. It's really good. Yeah. Carmella has this obsession with Naomi's ponytail for some reason. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I was working it like a body part. Yeah. Odd. Uh. Naomi, again, totally messes up her springboard kick. Bit of an off night for a lot of people in this match, actually. Top rope leg drop by Becky Lynch gets a near fall. And Naomi and Natty get sent out of the ring really messily, mm. really clumsily. And then there's more timing issues around a briefcase attack. And then Carmella wins the match with a weak super kick pinning Becky after 8 minutes and 55 seconds. Uh, Wrong result. Yeah. They obviously don't see Becky Lynch in the same manner that we do. Yeah. Like, I was begging for something to come out like, say, Naomi loses this match and... Becky turns on her, like give her something a bit more than all oh, just the, the buddy. Yeah. Like she's Charlotte's friend. But yeah, this match, you had a handful of nice spots, but it was a big mess for the most part. Mm. Yeah, wasn't so good. Up next is the SmackDown tag team title match with the video package basically 
hyping that, oh, this match will be great. Oh, you're not going to believe it. They deliver every single time, which is kind of asking for trouble. Yeah. And there's lots of talk as well of how the Usos haven't actually been on a main card at WrestleMania yet. Yeah, that's interesting, considering how good of a talent they are. Yeah. I seriously hope that this is the year that they turn that around. Yeah. Because they've been one of the most consistent acts. 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, match number four, with the SmackDown tag team titles on the line, the Usos defending against the New Day, who were represented by Kofi and Xavier Woods. Yeah, you're talking about the emoji letters. I think I was the only one who didn't hate them coming up for the New Day's entrance. In a promo, I don't want to see it. It looks daft. Yeah. But, like, as part of the entrance, it's just like how, like, DX will come out and they have the whole clips and stuff and the NWO will come out and it has a, like, vintage, Mm. scrawly black and white effect. Yeah. So I was fine with it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that when you're doing a promo, you're doing a promo. It's not some Snapchat promo. It, It doesn't work. They put that shit on 205 Live as well. Yeah. Like they're pre recorded pre recorded interviews for the tournament and it's just like bruh bruh bruh. Yeah. No. What's no, that? please. That wasn't Triple H's idea. <laughs> oh man. I fucking hope not. <laughs> this match is basically everyone stealing everyone's moves. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you so do the unicorn stampede. Kofi does the avalanche. Jimmy does Kofi's jumping clothesline and the boom drop. Both men trade trouble in paradise attempts, and the Usos hit the midnight hour for a near fall. Woodson nearly massacres an Uso with a super kick. Yeah. One of the loudest ones I've heard in a while. And then Kofi does the superfly splash for a near fall. The New Day's double Ouse attempt is blocked. And the Usos hit simultaneous topes to the outside. And then out come the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. For the double disqualification. A bit of a flat finish, but like necessary for the story. And the Bludgeon Brothers attack post-match was fucking great, I thought. Yeah. Big boss man slam on one of the Usos by Harper. Massive crossbody to Big E by Rowan. And then they kind of like toast the Usos with power slams. Yeah. Harper gets slammed onto both of them and Rowan hits a double splash. And then Woods gets powerbombed onto the steel steps. It was a very good attack. There was actually an interview with Harper at the end of last week and he was saying, like, What's, what was your idea behind the Bludgeon Brothers and stuff? And they said, oh, oh, it was mine and Rowan's idea. And it was Vince that said, why don't you come out with two big mallets? I mean, you know, typical Vince, you know. The, the Bludgeon Brothers are been fine, but oh no, come out with two massive mallets. That yeah, oh, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> I just picture them coming out with um, fucking teeny mallets. Yeah. <laughs> they said like, why do you think that it works so well with you and Rowan? And he said one of his first matches when him and Rowan teamed together, he missed Rowan's spot and he carried on doing the match and was like, oh shit, that, you know, it, that was supposed to be Rowan that was that had come out and blah, blah, blah. So he was really beating himself up and he went backstage, you know, he said sorry to Rowan and stuff and Rowan said, that's cool, it's cool, on to next week. And uh, Harper was like, that's when I knew he's the right partner for me. Huh? 
you know, instead of going, yeah, yeah, you did mess it up and you know all that sort of stuff. The fact that you just went, that's cool. So yeah. you know, to hear stories like that, it shows that this sort sort of team should work well going forward. But I, I liked the match, and I think that that was the right finish because we've seen the Usos in the New Day, and you know we've seen all that sort of stuff. Yeah, as an angle, this is really good stuff. Yeah, the match itself happened beforehand. Just, eh. just oh, let's swap finishes instead of having something of actual substance. Yeah, eh. wasn't for me, and you know, again, like I was saying, you play up. Oh, this is going to be a fantastic match. I delivered, and they fucking have. Mm. But they just switched their brains off, and yeah. yeah, okay, we'll just. What haven't we done yet? Uh, we've not stolen finishes yet. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, I know what you mean. They sell the attack really well, actually. So, more filler as we get the Roman and Brock feud recapped. Yeah. And they're still knackered. Then AJ gets interviewed, talks about how he turns the impossible into the phenomenal. I like that line. Yeah. Yeah, Shinsuke interrupts him and AJ's like, no, 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 no. Bad Shinsuke. <laughs> Yeah, and the lads from the tag match are still fucking knackered. And they're finally getting carried out and Woods has to do the stretcher job. Yeah. We then get the video package for the women's title match. With Ruby citing how Charlotte being placed on this pedestal is the reason she formed the Riot Squad. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, Charlotte's actually beaten both of Ruby's underlings in one-on-one matches in the run-up to this show, so she's looking to make it a clean sweep tonight. In our fifth match of the evening, with the SmackDown Women's title on the line, Charlotte defending against Ruby Riot. Did you spot when Charlotte came out, and she was twirling around, and her hand accidentally knocked against the camera? No. I was like, oh, she she totally no-sold it, it was fine. Yeah. It was proper pro. Yeah. Do you reckon the cameramen get, like, wrist-slapped? You're too close to the talent, man. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I suppose it's their job to be there, but out of the way. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't be conscious of Obsessed them. with Charlotte. She's just like, <laughs> too close. I didn't realise how tall she was. Yeah. Both ladies tease their finishes early on. Oh, wait! A wild riot squad suddenly appear. Where the fuck did they come from? <laughs> Charlotte and Ruby were just fighting by the barricade, like, oh yeah! Sarah and here. Yeah. To be honest, I like stuff like that. You know, where you can't, you don't know it's coming. It always helps. Instead of, you know, they, they run from the stage, because then the audience are already looking and you know what's coming. Whereas stuff like that, where they just pop up, it's much better. My least favourite aspect of this match. About four minutes in, Ruby hits a finisher and Charlotte just kicks out. Yeah. Nobody realised what was going on and... I hate it when they they do a throwaway finisher. I just think that as a wrestler in this fictional world that we create, a wrestler's finisher is the end all. It's It's that move that gets you the win. Yeah. So when you do that finisher, it's either a close two and three quarter count near the end of the match or it's not at all you know you just don't do it so yeah it, it's pretty shit when you see wasted finishes 
the rest of the match is pretty good for action though. Naomi and Becky come out to be Charlotte's backup. And Charlotte does a really good slingshot suplex, which leaves Phillips pondering, I wonder where Charlotte learned that one from. Sometimes, like, they throw the stuff into your mouth. And you're like, yeah, I I know. (laughs) Like, thanks for that. (laughs) Ruby does a nice STO and Charlotte gets a nice elevated neckbreaker through the ropes and does a moonsault off a barricade. Mm. There's then a nice spot where Ruby starts mocking Charlotte with the chops and the camera's like focusing on Charlotte's face and you can see her like, oh, you fucking yeah. daddy, <laughs> yeah. you, yeah? Yeah. That's really good. The Riot Squad bait Naomi and Becky into the ring to get them ejected. And then wind up getting ejected themselves. Yeah. Charlotte then turned a head scissor out of the corner into a reverse Alabama slam into the turnbuckle. Nice. Fucking hell. She then slaughters Ruby with a spear and locks in the figure eight to get the submission to retain her title in 13 minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah, this wasn't quite as good as I remember it being watching it again on second viewing mm. but still nice bit of action and good spots and really solid pace yeah and I really appreciated how few shenanigans there were in this match yeah yeah I liked the match I really like Ruby I think she's got a hell of a lot of potential and this match didn't do her any harm I mean like the only thing was the finish she was in the wrong place but you know it is what it is yeah, she's really acclimatised well, yeah. I think. Like, it's amazing like how quickly she's gone from like NXT on the main roster and mm. being put in a, a good position like this. Another thing that I thought while I was watching this match is what about another women's singles title? Yeah, if you kind of make it distinct from... Yeah, the I, existing titles, like say it's like a, a television title and there's a 15 minute time limit, something like that. Do something to make it stand out. I just think that we're getting this problem. I mean, we talked about it in the Elimination Chamber as well. I just think we've got this problem now of we've got so, so much talent in the women's division that just having one belt just feels a bit... Ugh. The likes of Becky Lynch are getting hidden. So I just think maybe... A, a, a second singles title just to see how that works you can't break that out too often because sometimes championships are just lazy substitutes for good storyline they could definitely do with one more of some form I think the tag team one is the one I prefer yeah, to be honest the women's tag yeah. yeah the women's tag belts yeah but what, what do you reckon they would do have one row and one smackdown or Kind of like a rejig, to be honest, where like you have like they used to do with the tag titles with multi brand, yeah, mm. victor about as needed, yeah. I think that'd be quite cool, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that was come up, coming up during that match was I was trying to figure out what their WrestleMania plans would be for the SmackDown Women's Division because it felt like they'd exhausted a lot of their options. Yeah. Now, lo and behold, post match. The women's Royal Rumble winner Asuka arrives to challenge Charlotte for WrestleMania. Asuka looks so hyped up. She's like jigging about, like, oh, I 
get to point in the sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's time. Yeah. I loved it. This was my only surprise of the whole pay-per-view, which shouldn't be right, surely. I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing Asker against Charlotte. F- fucking amped, really. This, oh, my God. Like, two of the most consistent yeah. people in the division. As soon as she came out, though, then I went back to Elimination Chamber and thought, was there any need for Asuka, Naya, knowing where the story was going? Could you not have just had it where it was Asuka and Naya and that wasn't on the line? You know, the, the oh, I'm part of your match. Because at that point, she hadn't said whether she was fighting Alexa or Charlotte. Mm. So, anyway. I guess it's kind of like a ham-fisted way of making out that Nia was a worthy challenger. Mm. So, you know, obviously there's this kind of vacuum with Asuka gone. Yeah. And they need an obvious contender, so why not the woman who yeah. took Asuka to the limit at the chamber match, I guess. Predictions for this one at Mania? Asuka. Because I don't think they'll have a go so long and then lose at Mania. Charlotte's definitely one of a few conceivable people who could... Be Asuka. Yeah. I'm going for Asuka here. Yeah. I think it puts over the prestige of the Women's Royal Rumble as well. Yeah. And I think they're saving Asuka for someone who might be a little bit rowdier. Yeah. Yeah, good point. But now she's swapped brands, hasn't she? We'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll have to see, though. But give these two 15 minutes and let them steal the show, please. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, we find out that Xavier Woods had a thoracic spine contusion after that power bomb on the steps. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw words at us. Yeah. We're not listening. No. Just say he's injured. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for the main event. The video package covers Shinsuke winning and each of the six men's motivations for winning this match and getting the title. It started out as a triple threat with just AJ and Sammy and Kevin. Mm. Then Baron and Dolph had a match where the winner was going to get added. It was a draw. Both of them got added. And then John Cena, after losing at Elimination Chamber, was like, okay, wait, 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 hear me out a minute. If I beat AJ, you'll let me into this match, right? Like, yeah, sure, yeah. And he beat AJ and yeah, here we are. She's just ridiculous. I understand the whole storyline, but I just think that I don't think that it's it's boding well for Cena as a character. I think he his character from the Elimination Chamber and Fastlane is coming across as very self-important, and I don't think that that's necessarily a good thing, considering he's supposed to be the flagship guy, yet. The way he talks on the mic and how he he needs this opportunity and blah, you know he he's drowning himself in his own self importance. That's the way I see it anyway. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of running out of things to do with him. Yeah. Anyway, it's time for the main event, the six pack challenge for the WWE Championship. AJ Styles defending against Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, John Cena, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. Out at ringside for this match is Shane McMahon to ensure that nothing can possibly go wrong. Possibly go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Phillips 
says that John Cena has no foreseeable path to WrestleMania, only to then outline Cena's potential path to WrestleMania in this match. It's like we're children watching the match. Mm. I understand that they've got to sugarcoat it to a certain degree, but come on, guys. Like, seriously, we understand what's happening. Oh, Sammy cuts Kevin Owens' entrance short. Mm. Fucking Greg Hamilton, drunk with power here. Who on earth is Kevin Owens? <laughs> it's not St. Patrick's Day yet, mate. You can't just go putting random O's in front of people's surnames. Oh, oh Owens. Oh, oh! <laughs> yeah. This match opens up with Cena attitude adjusting everyone except AJ. And this does not bode well for me trying to like John Cena in this match. Because he's already pissed me off because he shouldn't be in the match. And then he goes and does that and I go, oh, for God's sake. Soon everyone comes back for revenge and they all circle the ring to beat up John Cena. Yeah. AJ Lowbridge's Corbin out and gets near falls from roll-ups on a bunch of people and hits the Oshigaroshi on Ziggler. Oh, and then that unbelievable Asai moonsault into re- reverse DDT yeah. on Sammy. Nice. Sammy and Barry trade big boots and Cena clotheslines Corbin only to get DDT by Ziggler. And then Owens comes out of nowhere with a fragged splash on Ziggler while he's still prone. That's nice. Really good sequence. Owens backdrops AJ over the top but eats a choke backbreaker by Barry who then eats a zigzag from Ziggler. Cena hits a double five-knuckle shuffle, just like at the chamber. Then Ziggler nearly breaks John Cena's neck, landing on his head, countering the attitude adjustment with the Feymaster. It was very much a moment. Yeah, my my hand was in my mouth at Mm. that. God, you lucky, lucky boys, you know. Superkick is ducked, and Cena locks in the STF. But AJ breaks the hold. Hits the Styles Clash on Cena, but Zayn breaks the fall. Owens then Rikishi bumps for Baron Corbin's clothesline. And then Corbin deep sixes AJ and sends Ziggler flying in the air with a body press. Corbin chases Ziggler to the outside and then they wind up knackering each other into the hockey barricades. Yeah. It's then time for some announce table spots. Cena goes to AA Owens onto the table, but then winds up attitude adjusting AJ through the table. Really painful looking bump. Yeah, all of the bumps in this match looks really painful. It goes back to the whole putting bodies on the line sort of mentality. Especially like the, the pace that they're going as well. Everyone has to be like on cue for their spot as well. Like you don't really have time to like. Oh, but no, yeah. <laughs> let me sell for a bit more. <laughs> We're back in the ring with Sammy and Kevin and Sammy, trying to be a man of his word, yeah. lies down for Kevin. Kevin don't believe him. So when he goes to haul Sammy up, Sammy cradles him for a two count. Yeah. And then the brawl is on, which got a really big pop. It did, yeah. yeah. Sammy escapes the apron powerbomb and backdrops Kevin on the apron and then takes exception to Shane McMahon being outside. This results in Shane accidentally being super kicked by Owens. Mm. Owens then super kicks Zane and hits the pop-up powerbomb on Dolph. Dickhead Shane McMahon pulls the referee out. You talk about self-importance. Yeah, not... Shane. 
Uh, I agree. I agree. I don't know what's happening with Shane. I used to like Shane, but at the moment, what I both of them, Daniel Bryan as well. Does I don't like the GMs on SmackDown. No, just take up so much of the storyline. Yeah. yeah. Sammy then hits the Haluva kick in the distraction, so Shane pulls Sammy out from the cover. Just go away. Corbin starts blasting people with the steel steps, only for Cena to get a hold of them, and do the attitude adjustment to Barry onto the steps. But Ziggler breaks up the fall. How can you have a pinfall on the steel steps yeah. in the regular match? It's not pinfalls come out anywhere. No. Attitude adjustment to Ziggler. Owens then pop up powerbomb Cena, but that leaves him prone to a phenomenal forearm from a returning AJ to get the free count and retain his title in 21 minutes, 55 seconds. What do you think to this match? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. My biggest annoyance was Shane McMahon getting involved. I think they dealt with having so many people in the match. I think that was dealt with quite easy. There were some really nice spots in there, some spots that you, you wouldn't start, but that's you know in a good way. Yeah. Obviously, we knew AJ was going to win. Yeah, but I mean, the journey was quite agreeable. This just flowed so well for me. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah. Only thing on this show that really equaled the women's elimination chamber. Just so many attacks in quick succession, great pace. Easily the most worthwhile match of the night. It's kind of like those, you know, the British strong style matches where oh, there's a move and then another move and then another move and it's yeah. just so quick and smooth. Yeah. Really good stuff. Thoughts on the show overall? <sighs> didn't like it. No. I'm going to be brutally honest. I didn't like it. I thought the women's elimination chamber plus a little more was better than the whole of Fastlane. Yeah, I, I wasn't impressed at all. Worst pay-per-view this year so far. Mm-hmm. Could take it or leave it, really. There's nothing special here, really. Yeah. Main event's quite good, but I'll probably still forget it in a few months' time. Yeah. There's some decent stuff, like with Shinsuke's match and the women's title match, but again, just mm. really like middle of the road fair for the most part. Yeah. I saw a bunch of people saying, like, oh, it's the best single-branding pay-per-view in ages. Why don't we do more single-branding shows? And, no, no, I, no, no. I just don't see it, you know. Where were you when SmackDown was really good? Like, when Heyman was in charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like even like the first, when they re- first revived single branded shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've easily had loads of way better single branded shows than that one. Yeah, no, I agree. I didn't see it. I agree. Match of the night out of these two shows and who stood out for you as a performer? Out of the two, I'm going to go with the main event because I thought it was really, really good. I don't have a, an outstanding performer. I think just because of what's happened, I'm going to say Randy Orton, just because he's now joined the Grand Slam and he deserves it, and the fact that he's been in the business for 16 years mm-hmm. and he still looks incredible. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah, main event of Fastlane was the best match on that show, but I think between the two of them, the Women's Elimination Chamber was yeah. best. I think in terms of... Keeping storylines going, Asuka was yeah important yeah. factor over both shows. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she stood out for me in that respect. Which did you prefer, if any? Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I, I mean, again, 
either of these shows weren't particularly special. No. Right? But I think the Elimination Chamber had slightly more to it. Yeah. A little bit. Overall, just a bit of a downer, really. Yeah. Final prediction, AJ Shinsuke. Well, it's not the final one. There's oh. another one. But yeah. So AJ and Nakamura, I think Nakamura's going to win. Same? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I've heard rumblings that AJ's going to Raw. Right. But when, before I'd heard that or not, I did think Nakamura was going to win. Mm. Other prediction. I have an idea. Hear me out, okay? Right. Cena against Taker, okay? We don't see Taker until Mania. Taker comes out as the American badass, okay? Because he's retired the Undertaker persona, okay? The dead man persona. Right. You know, he left his hat and everything in the ring, okay? He comes out as the American badass. We have the match. At the end of the match, whichever way it goes, bandana comes off, denim shirt comes off in the middle, he retires that at Mania. He has then retired all of his characters at Mania. He then goes in the Hall of Fame. Ah, you know, Kid Rock going in the Hall of Fame as well. It all, yeah. He's going to be there. I mean, yeah, that's quite a nice sort of completest way of wrapping up Taker's story, I yeah. think. And then win or lose... He's retired both characters at WrestleMania. He is essentially, ignoring Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania. Mm. Maybe I'm dreaming too big, but that would be ultimate. I could live with that as a solution. And that kind of ties into the whole, oh, it's WrestleMania Fleur de Lis. Do you remember WrestleMania 31? Because this is what everyone expected to happen when he was wrestling Bray that time as well, wasn't it? That's... We'll see if that happens. Yeah, see. Oh, and Owens and Zayn as well. Do you think that's going to stay a one-on-one match? You think mm-hmm. Shane's going to poke his nose in? Possibly. If it does, I'd go for Sammy. Give him a big push. Well, and then you could possibly have Sammy and Nakamura as the title feud. That'd be incredible. So yeah, that'll wrap everything up for this episode. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at TNW Podcast. We've hit the 1,000 follower mark about four times since Fastlane. So, please, if you know anyone, we'd like to stay there instead of keep losing bots or whatever. No bots allowed. No, no bots. Real people, please. Let's keep this up. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio. Give us a rating and a review. Help spread the word. Head to our SoundCloud page as well where you can find handy playlist to catch up with all of our shows so far and also my guest appearances on the Boris Nitro podcast next time it'll be the granddaddy of them all Wrestlemania I think we might actually have two guests Ooh. yeah just like Mania is ridiculous with how many things they can fit on we're going to see how many guests we can fit on our show watch this space we'll see what we can do right yeah. but yeah thank you very much for listening I was speaking to Duncan the other day and it's just incredible to think that we have a thousand followers, forget the bots, a thousand followers that just listen to me and Duncan talk about what we love and just, yeah, keep listening and thanks a lot, guys. Absolutely. So on that bombshell, it's a goodbye from Kyle. Uh, Thank you very much. Goodbye. That's goodbye from me. I'll catch you down the road.